Praise the Lord. Once again, Pastor Jerry bringing you the Word of God. Again, it is always an honor and a privilege to uh, bring the Word to you. Praise God. So grateful that you're connecting with us, whether it be through Roku, Vimeo, our podcast, whether it be just on the Internet, our one way or another, our uh, website, whatever. So anyway, we're just grateful that you're connecting with us. Praise God. Let's dive right back into the Word of God. Our midweeks, we've been kind of talking about eliminating limits in our life. Let's look at our key verse, or our key scriptures here, out of Ephesians chapter 3, please. Verse 14, it says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. Talking about us increasing in Him here that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, here we go, being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend uh, with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know, this was a key now, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Because really that's what it comes down to. We want to be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Praise God. Of course, we're talking about uh, eliminating limits. Uh, verse 20, let's kind of look at that again. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. And as we've done every week, we've taken the time and defined those words. And of course, when it really just comes down to it, it just means no limits. In God, there are no limits. Amen. He's able to do, right, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could even ask or think, praise God. One translation, even more than you... You desire or dream or hope, praise God. He's able to do greater than that, bigger than that. So in other words, in God, there are no limits. In fact, uh, the scripture says in Luke 1 and 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. All right. Luke 18 and 27 says this, that even the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Amen. So in other words, nothing's impossible with God. Now, Mark 9 and 23, this is what... Uh, Jesus said, talking to the father, praise God, that uh, the, of, the, of the boy that had epilepsy seizures. Remember, if you remember that story, he said this, that if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, of course, from the very get-go of this series, uh, first week, we started talking about the fact that in God there are no limits, that the limits that are out there are pretty much within ourselves or within our thinking. In fact, if you look at that verse 20 of Ephesians again, and it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think, but it's according to something. It's according to the power or that miraculous power, that to-be-possible force is what it means. A to-be-possible force or that which exists in possibility. Okay, So that to-be-possible force that's at work within you and me. In other words, activated or working within us. So the limits are not in God. The limits are always going to be within you or me. What's working in us? And like Jesus said to that father, if you can believe, all things are possible. 
to him who believes. We just got to get it working in you. Amen. And of course, the story goes on to say, you know, the father obviously got a hold of it, praise God, and he got his miracle. Amen. His boy got delivered, praise God. But anyway, uh, we've been from the very week one been talking about the fact that in God there are no limits and that the only limits that, uh, that are out there really are what's working in you and me and primarily based on thoughts, based on how we think. In fact, the word impossible, maybe I'll give you that definition again. The word impossible is defined as that which is not seen, not seen as possible or not thought as obtainable, not seen as possible or not thought as obtainable. So it always comes down to that, okay, how you see things or how you think things. And primarily it's about how you think things because even no matter how you see things, it still comes down to a thought process. You see things a certain way and pretty soon it begins to get your mind working in a direction and then that creates some limits. Now week two of this series, we talked about you know, because a lot of this in, in chapter 3 of Ephesians talks about being rooted and grounded in love. It's talking about knowing the height, the length, the depth, and the breadth of His love, praise God. In fact, the reason that's so important is because if you will come to know love and believe in that love that He has for you, amen, you can begin to walk in the fullness of God. You begin to walk without limits. The limits are going to be based on the fact of maybe not knowing Him, Amen. And not believing in that love that he has for you. Praise God. In fact, we uh, focused on that week about uh, getting rid of those fear-based thoughts or those patterns of thinking that are fear-based because uh, love, uh, you know, uh, basically there is no fear in love. Amen. Uh, perfected love overcomes fear. So any kind of fear-based thoughts can be overcome just by understanding who Mr. Love is and understanding and believing in the love that he has for you. Praise God. It'll drive fear right out the window. Praise God. Now, last week we talked about really about keeping the mind uh, in the, aimed in the right direction. In fact, Colossians 3 and 2 says, set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. Praise God. Because when you set your mind on things of this earth, then you're attaching yourself to a realm of limits. Whereas if you set your mind on things above, you attach yourself to a realm of possibility, praise God, amen. So we talked about keeping every thought captive, amen, because if you don't keep those thoughts captive, then they'll take you captive, all right? And even though you may say, I, I, I know that God, in God all things are possible, but what happens is in our way of thinking, it'll lock you down and limit you and bring you in behind walls of containment Whereas you're not able to do and believe and to press for, uh, for, uh, forward in certain things because you're limited based on thinking. Now, of course, we closed pretty much last week talking about that in this word, okay, we renew our mind to this word. We set our mind on this, amen, what God has to say. In other words, God might have certain thoughts, but if you don't attach your thoughts to his thoughts, it ain't, it ain't going to matter what kind of thoughts he has if you're not willing to attach your thoughts to it. So you have to renew your mind and begin to take authority over thoughts by using the Word of God. Because in this Word is a language of potential, praise God, where all things are possible. But you got to attach your, your thinking to it. you got to renew your mind to it, praise God. you got to cast down those vain thoughts and imaginations and any high thing that tries to exalt itself against how he thinks, praise God. You bring all that down, and the way you do it, praise God, is by taking this word 
Amen. And begin to meditate on this word and renew your mind to this word. Why? Because uh, you, trans you get transformed by how you renew your mind. So if you renew your mind to this, you begin to transform your life, praise God. Because as a man thinks, so he becomes, so he exists. Amen. The word is pretty clear too, and we brought this out last week or two, is that you live by your most predominant thoughts. And you, you see that in Colossians, you see that in Romans 8. Okay, so these are places that, that bring out, amen, that you live according to how you think. All right, which is key. Now, this week, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to take it a little bit further. We're still talking about, in a sense, this word, you know, getting this word in you, praise God. But it's not just so you meditate on this, but you've also got to learn that if you're going to walk in an area of eliminating limits, in other words, walk in true potential in your life, one of the things that has to happen or a key that must happen in your life is you've got to also be willing to talk the word you got to get the right things coming out your mouth. It's very key. So with that said, we're diving in to this now in 1 Timothy, please. 1 Timothy in chapter 6, please. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Praise the Lord. Hope you got an ear to hear this. Praise God. Now, again, this is a topic that we could probably spend weeks on, uh, but we're just going to kind of make some points and then kind of move on, chip away at it a little bit today. Uh, but the idea is hopefully to uh, settle some things that we are called uh, to, in a sense, keep our not only our mind in line with the Word of God, but keep our mouth in line with the Word of God. Praise God. And many times you've heard me say, at least from behind this pulpit, that you got to keep your head right, you got to keep your heart right, and you got to keep your mouth right. Praise God. That's how this thing works. So a common text, uh, at least when we talk about this subject, is in chapter 6 of 1 Timothy, verse 12, please. And it says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. And that just means that quality of life that you're called to, right? To which you were also called and have, here we go, confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. To confess the good confession, come on now, in the presence of many witnesses. In other words, just talking about getting things coming out your mouth, get the right things coming out your mouth. And of course, in kind, he's talking about fighting a good fight of faith. So if you want to do that, you're going to have to talk, start talking the right things, all right? But let's look at that little phrase there, confess the good confession. Now, this word confession, homos logia, is the Greek word, okay, which is really a combination of two words, all right, which mean when you bring them together in the Greek, and it means same word, okay? It means a covenant acknowledgement. Now, what you have here in front of you is your covenant, okay? This is your covenant. This is, in a, in a sense, the contract, amen, to what you have, the promises you have in God. It's called a covenant, all right? Now, in that, praise God, in this covenant, amen, are multiple promises throughout it, multiple things said to you and me about you and me, about who he is, about who you are, about who your enemy is, about what you have in God, amen, and even in the sense of, of standing against the wiles of the enemy, darkness, whatever, you have promises in here that help you stand your ground concerning it. Now, all of that is necessary to know, but all of it is necessary to also get to come out your mouth. That's why he says through the confession, having confessed a good confession, a covenant acknowledgement. Amen. Same word. We're called to speak the same word. We're called to talk 
our covenant, all right? To profess it or confess it, amen, our covenant. This is how it works. In fact, if you see him and how Jesus operated, he said, it is written. He quote the word. In fact, most of his ministry, when you go through and look at a lot of the different things that he said in different situations, most of the time you can find that very same thing back in the old covenant, amen, where he will take a verse and begin to speak that word, all right? Well, that's how we're called to operate every day. So not only do you renew your mind to this Word of God, this language of potential, you got to also begin to speak it out your mouth, praise God. Amen. If you want to attach yourself to the realm of possibility, you got to get your mouth working right, all right? Otherwise, you're going to be right down here, living right down here like everybody else. And even though you're saved and have the greater one on the inside, it's real clear that even as a child of God, you can still live this life no different than the world, even though you're called to a higher place. So a big part of that, not the only thing, but a big part of that is what you talk out your mouth. All right, praise God. So it says here, having confessed the good confession, praise God, in the presence of many witnesses. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, a covenant acknowledgement, okay, which this word homoslogia means, a covenant acknowledgement is a declaration or a confession of your covenant with God, as I said earlier. So just another part of that definition. In fact, the scriptures are real clear. In Romans 10 and 10, it even says this. It says, with the mouth, see, a confession is made. In other words, what you profess, a confession is made unto salvation. In other words, you want God to move in your life? Amen. You want to tap that no limits? Amen. You want to tap that, that, uh, that realm of potential, praise God? You want to tap, amen, into the realm of God? Amen. You got to get your mouth up. Your mouth is huge. It has to, it has to get involved in this thing. It has to be a part of it and you got to get it working for you and not against you. Praise God. The scriptures also bring out in first Peter four brings out that if anyone speaks, he must speak the oracles of God or the, the, the sayings or the statements, the things that God speaks. Amen. In fact, one translation says it this way. If you must speak words, <laughs> let it be God's words. Amen. I love that. Amen. If you must speak words, if you're going to speak something, then you might as well speak this word right here. Praise God. In fact, if uh, uh, not that we have time to do this and just for, you know, for sake of time and just kind of say it and move on. But uh, even when you get back into Joshua 1, you know, he makes it real clear that this book of the law or this word uh, shall, not uh, shall not stop departing from your mouth. In other words, it's got to keep coming out your mouth. He tells Joshua, if you want to succeed in moving into the promised land and taking what's yours, one of those things that has to happen is your mouth has got to be saying the right thing. And if you remember, we've even in the very beginning week of this series talked about the children of Israel and how their mouth got them in trouble, all right? Many times their mouth would get them in trouble. They would start talking about, you know, they're nobodies and they're just nothing but a grasshopper in the sight of, of those over there in the, in the promised land. And, and they just start talking, uh, really just start talking trash, start talking things they got no business saying, all right? Talking the words of darkness, talking, you know, this earthly realm stuff, this, this language of limits instead of talking the language of potential, praise God, saying what God said. And so he told Joshua, if you don't get your mouth going in the right direction, this ain't going to work for you. All right, so that's one of those keys of success uh, that you read about in Joshua 1. All right, with that said, let's go to the book of Proverbs. Book of Proverbs, please, chapter 18. Proverbs and 18, please. Praise the Lord. 
Oh, glory to God. I actually love this subject. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 18. And let's go to verse um, 20 and 21 is what we're going to read here. So Proverbs 18. Hallelujah. You know, throughout the word, um, there's certain things that, you know, but I call, um, you know, clear patterns of success, I could say. Maybe it's just kind of a way of saying it, but clear patterns of success. But there's also clear patterns of defeat. And when you get the mouth, when you start talking about the, 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 the power of your mouth, what your mouth can do, uh, you know, for you or against you, that's one of those things. It's a clear pattern of success. You speak words of life, clear pattern of success. You speak words of death, clear pattern of defeat. I'm telling you. So it just, it, it right here is one of those real huge uh, keys in our life to get, uh, get in a place of order, praise God. Uh, verse 20 now, uh, 1820 of Proverbs. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. All right. But the, but, pardon me, from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. In fact, one translation says, a man is sustained and lives by what comes out uh, from his mouth. All right. Uh, the consequence of his words determines what he'll be filled with, all right, good or bad. All right, that's what, so a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life, here we go, death and life are in the power or the direction or the means or in the power or the hand of the tongue, so to speak, okay? So in other words, death and life are coming right out of this thing right here. And those who love it will eat its fruit, all right? In other words, what you talk the most is what's going to come out or what's going to manifest the most around you, all right? Now, death means ruin, destruction, uh, you know, doom and gloom. It literally means the place of Hades is what it means. In other words, if you're going to talk words of hell or from talk dark or tech, uh, you know, uh, doom, gloom, despair, you're talking words from straight from the pit of hell is what he's basically bringing out. So death. And life, the word life, means that which is alive and vibrant and whole, all right, abundant life. This is what, you know, if we were to look at a, a new covenant uh, word for that, would be referring to an abundant life or the life of God. And if you recall last week, we said that really a lot of where you set your mind is going to determine whether you're going to experience the life of God. Well, a big part of that is what you're talking, praise God. Amen. Now, one of the translations here, I think it's the Passion Translation, says that your words are so weighty that they have the power to bring life or release death. To bring life or release death. Now, why is that? Well, words are containers. Words are containers or, containers or even like, sometimes you can look at them as like building blocks. All right? So what you say begins to build something, begins to frame something, uh, begins to, uh, you know, it contains something. So what happens in it begins to establish some things in your life, begins to turn things in that kind of direction. Why? Because you're a creative being. You've been made after His likeness, after His, uh, after His image, praise God. And so that same kind of authority, that same kind of dominion operates in you because you're a child of God, all right? You're in the household of faith. You are a part of the kingdom of light, all right? So you're a part of that. You were made in His image, right, after His likeness, all right? So, so anyway, the point is this, that the same kind of dominion that He operated in is the same kind of dominion that you operate in. Now, let me explain some of that to you. Let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews 11, which is a powerful chapter for, for a lot of us faith folks. Praise God. We sure enjoy our Hebrews 11. Praise God. 
He says this in, uh, just for sake of time, uh, verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds or the ages were framed, here we go, were framed, put together, built, come on now, uh, completed thoroughly, it means, perfected, brought to completion, amen, by the word of God. Okay, now listen. So that the things which are seen, everything you see in this natural realm, see, he says, we're not made of things which are visible. Okay, we look at things in the natural and we maybe build, let's say, build a house or whatever it is. And of course, we're using physical things like lumber and, and uh, sheeting and uh, sheetrock and, uh, you know, and shingles and, uh, you know, all the kinds of things, you know, uh, you know, the things that you can see in the natural to build that house. But he says, everything that you see wasn't built by something seen. It was built by something unseen. And what he said is the word. He's talking about the word, the words that God spoke. And if you go all the way back into Genesis, it brings that, makes that real clear. And God said, and it was. And God said, and it happened. And God said, and it manifested. And God said, and it makes it so clear uh, in Genesis 1, amen, that that is how it all worked, how he framed it, how he put it all together, how he made everything uh, work. He caused everything to produce after its own kind based on what he said. And people say, well, well, yeah, that was God. But yeah, but then it goes right into the next chapter, talking about, or actually in the same chapter, brings out the fact that you were made in his image and after his likeness. All right, so the same thing he's trying to bring out here in Hebrews 11 is that the same way everything was framed in this natural realm is the same way that you work things and frame things in, in this realm in the sense of working things in your life or causing things to manifest. Now, you think about this in the area of, you know, we're talking about eliminating limits. Now, you can either eliminate the limits or you can walk in limits just based on what you say, based on words you think or things that you think and say. All right. So uh, another a good example of that would be in places like, let's say, Matthew 15. OK. And verse 11, Jesus said, it's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes out your mouth that defiles you. All right. In other words, the limits uh, there's a, limits there. As we're talking about, you, you're creating limits in your life. You're, you're closing yourself down, locking yourself down, bringing yourself into a place of bondage because of what's coming out your mouth, your words. Matthew 12 brings out in verses 33 through 37, and I'll just kind of quote maybe that last verse there, and it just says this. It says, by your words you're justified, and by your words you are condemned. Again, it's what brings limits. Okay, what you're speaking, your words. Come on now. Death and life are in the power or the means, come on, of the tongue. You start speaking death, it begins to produce death, begins to build and frame and structure death around your life. Pretty soon you're setting a stage, uh, you know, setting the, uh, the, the atmosphere, so to speak, and pretty soon it begins to produce things in front of you that you a lot of times don't even want, but you're talking it, so now it's producing it. Or you can get your mouth working for you, speak words of life, words of that abundant life, amen, like he said there in Timothy about laying hold of that quality of life, that eternal life, praise God. How do you do it? By confessing the good, the good, the good, the good confession, praise God. Your covenant, talk your covenant, and when you do, praise God, it begins to cause that abundant life, amen, that quality of life to manifest uh, for you, praise God. Hallelujah. I always like to say this, that words are usually the problem and words are usually the solution. In other words, words can create a lot of problems for you, 
but words can also turn things around and get them working in, and going in the right direction. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, let's see the scriptures uh, back in back in that Matthew 12. Uh, I just maybe want to say this real quick, maybe before I move on. And that is in that same text there. It's talking about, uh, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I want to kind of maybe toss this in there uh, because a lot of times you get on this subject, you, this is something you got to kind of bring out. And that is this, you know, if you want to start changing the words of your mouth, you got to remember that you start talking the things you meditate on and the things that sink down into your heart. And out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth always speaks. Most of the time, you just watch them. I mean, whatever, whatever kind of things are coming out your mouth is what you're believing in your heart. And that's just the facts. Now, sometimes we may not like that. You know, we may not like some of the things that come out of our mouth. But you have to look at sometimes it's just because of what we're feeding on, what we're meditating on. Okay? Again, it goes back to the mind, doesn't it? What you meditate on, what you take into the point that now it sinks down into the core, into the inner being. Praise God. Listen, now this can work for you. Or this can work against you. You meditate on the right things, get it, and it sinks down into the heart. Guess what? Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. But if it's a bunch of junk, a bunch of things that just on this earthly realm, a bunch of things that are anti-God, you know, as we said earlier, that death or things from hell, come on now. I mean, that's pretty straightforward, you know, from the place of Hades, from the place of hell. Now, some of them words, that's just where they come from. Some of them things that are out there, that's where it comes from. That's its, that's its origin. That's its roots, Okay. So you take that in, you meditate on that kind of stuff, it, sits, it gets in here in the mind, and pretty soon it sinks down into the heart, and next thing you know, that's what's coming out of, out of, your, uh, out of the abundance of your heart is a bunch of junk, death, doom, gloom, despair, uh, ruin, uh, come on now, pestilence, every kind of dark thing you can think of, it just starts coming out. And what happens then, as it comes out, because it's containers, because it produces and builds and frames things, it begins to establish some things in front of you. And most of the time, it ain't stuff you like. Come on now. All right. Now, the couple references here, Proverbs 6 says this, that you are snared by the words of your mouth, and you are taken captive by the words of your mouth. James 3 brings out that your whole body can be defiled and, and literally can set on fire the course of nature just based on your words. Okay, and of course, in that James 3 text, it's referring to an, an unrenewed mind or an unrenewed tongue, I should say maybe a tongue that's out of control, all right, can produce a lot of misery. Now, a lot of times, too, I like to look at words like, maybe like buttons on an elevator, so to speak. Maybe it's kind of a weird way of saying it, but, you know, you either can go up or you can go down. You know, you speak words of life, it take you up. You speak words of death, it take you down. You want your life to go up, you want to you tap into that realm of possibility, you want to tap into that, that where all things are possible realm, the way that's going to have to happen is you're going to have to start speaking the right things. And that's why you attach yourself to this language of potential, the Word of God. And as you do that, praise God, what begins to happen? Just that. It begins to manifest on your behalf. It begins to change the atmosphere, change your life. Amen. Begin to work things in you, praise God, and around you. Amen. All of a sudden, you're walking in the blessing. You're walking in favor. You're walking in the abundance of God. Amen. You're walking healthy. You're walking blessed. Praise God. Why? Because that's what you're talking. That's what you're meditating on. And that's what's sinking into your heart. And that's what you're talking. Praise God. As a result of it, praise God, life gets a whole lot better. Praise God. Hallelujah. Proverbs in 21. Let's look at that. Proverbs in 21, please. Back here to Proverbs. Proverbs in 21, hallelujah. 
Proverbs in 21 and verse 23. Praise the Lord. Let's see here. Kind of shift gears a little bit here. Proverbs 21 and 23, and it says this, Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue, and that's really kind of my theme today right here, you know, guarding your mouth and your tongue, all right, guarding it, amen, what comes out. It's like we've been talking about guarding what, what goes in your head, amen, what you meditate on. You got to guard that, okay, that's, that's up to you, okay, and you also got to be one that guards what comes out your mouth, all right, you got to take care of that. You're the one that needs to maintain uh, that thing, all right, uh, I can't do it for you and you can't do it for me, but, amen, if you do this thing right, I guarantee you, you'll start bearing some good fruit. You know, years ago, I heard a statement. To me, it just makes sense. Uh, you, know, if you, uh, you know, if you want the dog, stop calling the cat. I mean, just, it's just that simple. You know, you're sitting here, you know, wanting the dog to come, and you keep going kitty, 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 kitty. Well, he, you know, he, he ain't coming. He's still, you know, passed out out there in the yard or something. He, you know, he hears you calling the cat, so he ain't coming. Well, what do you want? What do you want to come to you in life? I mean, if you want the goodness of God to manifest in your life, well, you got to start speaking it. you got to call. If you want the dog, you call the dog. If you want the blessing, you call the blessing. Come on now. If you want uh, abundant life, you gotta, you got to speak abundant life. If you want the promises of God to manifest, you got to speak the promises of God. That's how it works, all right? It's, it's, about, it's that simple, praise God. And you might say, well, I don't know all the promises of God. Well, then find a few. Get in the Word, find a few. Amen. Write it down. Amen. Doesn't matter. And put it in a pocket or something. Praise God. And, and every day, you know, just take a moment or two and just pull it out and quote it again. Say it again to the point that you do get it working in you, where you do get your mind renewed to it. Praise God. And all of a sudden it sinks down in your heart. Now every word that comes out, it's producing. It's framing something good for your life. Praise God. Amen. This verse 23 here, uh, one of the translations says this, watch your words and hold your tongue and save yourself a lot of grief. <laughs> Amen. And, and I think that was the message translation. Uh, the passage, uh, the, pardon me, the passion translation says it this way. Watch your words and be careful what you say, and you'll be surprised how few troubles you have. All right? Just because you're guarding your words. Amen. I love that. Now, let me give you a few things to talk about this, because uh, when, I, when I start talking about words, and like I said earlier, you know, it's really on you and me about guarding our own tongue, all right? Now, God will help you with it. He'll give you a witness, amen? And there's some verses that we'll, we'll look at, or at least a quote here, that's going to help you with that. But, you know, you got to see the seriousness of this, all right? I mean, if you get serious about this, I guarantee you, you can shift this thing, turn this thing, you can turn things around and pretty quick if you just get serious about it, amen? And I always look at it this way. Words are about as serious as the steering wheel. Come on now. I mean, you could say, I don't believe in the steering wheel and hop in your car and take off and say, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in using a steering wheel. Well, how many know you're going to find out just in a few minutes, praise God, you need, a, you need to grab hold of that steering wheel. Amen. You got to take it serious. All right. Now, maybe that's just a way of looking at it. But the bottom line is the words that come out of your mouth is serious business. All right. Now, here you go. The word says this in Psalms 141 and 3, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips which tells me, all right, now God can, can help you with this. He can give you a witness. So when you begin to say, all right, I want to start guarding my words, you begin to talk to the Lord about it. Guess what? He, the Spirit of God will give you a witness. So he says here, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. In other words, when my mouth starts talking something else, give me that little witness. Give me that check inside. Amen. This is how it worked for me. All right, I'm telling you, it works. 
So all of a sudden now he's kind of bringing to your attention, all right, you don't need, you don't need to be talking that or saying those kind of things. All right, and pretty soon it brings everything back into check. Psalms 19 and verse 14 says, Let my words, uh, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Okay, again, it's just putting it kind of where God can help you with this thing. Amen. Psalms 50, in fact, let's turn to that one. Psalms 50, here we go. <clears throat> Psalms 50 and verse 23, it says, Whoever offers praise glorifies me. In other words, getting your mouth going right here. Uh, and let him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. Kind of like what we quoted out of Romans 10 earlier. But it says here, he who orders his conduct. And that's what it says in the New King James. Some of the other translations say conversation. And the reason being is because it refers to it literally refers to a course of life or a mode of action, but because, here we go, but because of conversation. So in other words, that word really is referring to your life is ordered, I mean, how you live your life is based on how you order your conversation, your words, all right? So that's why sometimes it's, it's defined as conversation, sometimes defined as conduct. But to him who orders his conversation, all right, I will show the salvation of God. In other words, you're going to see God manifest on your behalf if you just talk the right things. Amen. That was Psalms 50 and 23. Praise God. Let's go to the book of Job. All right, just back up a book here. And we'll go to verse or chapter 22, please. Kind of bringing her down to an end here. So hope you still got an ear to hear. All right. And we're talking about keeping this, this mouth in order. Praise God. Speaking words of life. Amen. Much of our problems today are based on the words that we said yesterday. Are you hearing that? All right. And you got to keep your, uh, there's another statement I heard years ago. Uh, I can't remember now who said it, but it, but bottom line, it just stuck with me, that you have to purpose to keep your saying in line with your praying. Okay, because sometimes that's the problem that we have, okay, is we go into prayer, we pray things, you pray the right things maybe even, you make declarations and, you know, you're, uh, you maybe in a sense your confession of faith in the area of prayer, but then you walk out of the prayer time or prayer room and you start talking something the complete opposite. You start talking about how it looks, even though in prayer you were trying to change it in the realm of the Spirit. But you have to understand the reason I brought that up is because it's not just what you say in prayer. It's what you say all day long. In fact, the things you say all day long are usually going to be what you really believe inside. All right, that's why he said, uh, Jesus said to the father, you know, that, uh, talking about the father of that uh, boy that had epilepsy, he says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And the whole thing was, he was addressing the fact that you're right now, you're kind of you're off on your believing. So you got to get your words right. You got to get your saying right. You got to get this right thing working in you if you want this thing to manifest. All right. And of course, he got it in order and they got a breakthrough. Praise God. Okay, Job 22. And verse 28 says, you will also declare a thing, amen, in other words, speak something, and it will then be established for you. Huh. Hallelujah. Literally means set in motion, praise God. It will be established for you, so light will shine on your ways. So by speaking the right things, it begins to settle some things, establish some things, and literally gets the light shining on your pathway ahead of you, praise God. Start to put things in divine order, put them, make them right, praise God, all because you're declaring something. Now, in the book of Job earlier in chapter 6 here, Job makes a, a statement. Now, of course, he's been, um, I'm in chapter 6, please, Job 6 and um, verse 24 
And what we have in context is Eliphaz was uh, a friend of Job's and really, in a sense, made an accusation of Job. They're just trying to figure out what all happened here, and everybody's kind of got their opinions and all that kind of stuff. Well, Eliphaz had an opinion about what it was and made an accusation against Job that maybe, you know, maybe, maybe you know, you're just... Uh, your, your li life's not in total order, or maybe your words or your mouth isn't in order, okay? He's addressing that, okay? So Job now addresses him and says this, okay? Teach me, and I will hold my tongue. So now, you know, in other words, I know that, uh, that I'm, I, I know that I got to change my words. Right now, I, I know, okay, that my words are off. Teach me, and I will hold my tongue. Cause me to understand wherein I've erred. Now, remember, he's talking to this gentleman that's made an accusation of him. He said, how forceful, I love this, how forceful are right words. I get it. He's saying, I understand that. I know, I know the principle. I know what you're talking to me about. But he goes on to say, but what does your arguing prove? Do you intend to rebuke my words and the speeches of a desperate one which are as wind? In other words, what he's saying is this, okay? I know I'm wrong, but I have an excuse. Okay, that's what, that's what Job's saying right here. Now, Job got rebuked for that. Okay, all right. Now he was, you know, when he was, you know, uh, you know, addressing the gentleman because he he was making an accusation about Job, which really he needed to, you know, hush his mouth. But the bottom line was, you know, he was saying, well, maybe your words are all wrong. Well, it probably were, and that's what Job's saying. Okay, I know, but hey, I have an excuse. Okay, well, I I wonder read that to say this. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't have an excuse. Because if you don't like how things are, you feeling justified in continuing speaking words of death, words of the curse, words that from the pit of hell, you think that's going to make anything better? And even though you feel justified or excused, just because you feel bad or you feel like everything's gone wrong doesn't mean you sit here and keep talking it. If you want to change it, and this is what, he, this is what God got on Job about, if you want to change it, then get your mouth right. All right? You don't, you don't get it. You don't have an excuse to keep talking death. Are you, are you hearing me? Praise God. And even though it's true, we all feel justified. I mean, that's just the way it is. Everybody feels justified. You know, I have a lot of times over the years, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I'm just trying to tell you like it is, okay? You go and you say, listen, you need to you know, adjust that, and they get mad at you. And that's the same thing with Job. He got mad at Eliphaz. He says, you know, knock it off. I don't want to hear these things. Man, I'm justified. I'm, I feel bad. Look what's going on in my life. Look how bad my life is. Look what's, you know, I mean, everything's going rotten. Everything, I uh, lose all this and lose all that, and they die, and they die, and this happened, and that happened. And I'm right now, I'm dealing with physical things, too, and, and mental. My head's going, you know, spinning around. I got all this going on. It's like, leave me alone. I'm justified in what I'm saying. No, you're not. So you got to stop. Somewhere you got to stop it instead of letting hell continue. Get authority. Take, take authority over this. Take dominion over it. And God will help you with it, but you got to get serious about it. All right? Learn to speak words of life. Learn to talk your covenant. If you're going to speak words, speak the right words. Come on now. Get your mouth working for you. Amen. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not upset with anybody. I'm not down. I'm just telling you, man, I'm, I, this right here is a huge thing when it comes time to living in the realm of possibility. If you, want to over, if you want to eliminate the limits in our life, then you've got, you got to stop talking limits. If you want the dog, stop calling the cat. And even though you feel justified, come on now, 
You got to somewhere online, you got to take authority over this mouth, just like you take authority on what you think about and meditate on. You got to take authority about what's coming out your mouth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, most feel their words are the result of their circumstances. And that's what Job was thinking. He thought that his words were a result of what he's going through. But it's just the opposite. Come on now. Usually, it's just the opposite. Circumstances are a result of our words. Now, don't get me wrong. Maybe something happened to you that somebody else did something or made a poor decision and it affected your life. But if you keep your words right, it'll turn that thing around, make things right. But don't you be guilty of, of talking, uh, you know, stuff you shouldn't be talking and then get upset because the consequences ain't what you wanted. You got to own some of this, okay? Now, hang on now. James, this is why James 1, let me just give you a few verses before I let you go here. James 1 and 19, it just says this, let every man be swift to hear. Come on now. Slow to speak, slow to wrath. Okay, now there's a reason it says slow to speak, right? Slow to wrath because if you, if you just kind of, you know, because of the circumstance, all of a sudden you just start spewing out things out your mouth, okay, it's going to be trouble. That's why he says you've got to be quicker to hear and slow to speak because you're taking what you say serious, all right? Proverbs 10 and 19 says, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. He who restrains his lips, amen, is wise. It's considered a wise person if you learn to guard your words. Come on now. Proverbs 17 and 28 says, Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. In other words, keeps check, his mouth in check. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive, which means wise or intelligent. Come on now. Now, Again, what we're talking about today is keeping our words in check, our mouth in check, our tongue in check, okay? And the idea is because it's a major part of an area whether you're going to tap into the realm of possibility or you're going to live down here just in a realm of limits, all based on whether you're going to talk the language of potential or the language of limits. And that's a huge part of it. It's not the only part, but it's a huge part. All right. I hope you got something today. Hallelujah. I call you blessed, child of God. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.